Adam Crowley. I'm only happy whenever I get retweets. My dopamine levels only go through the roof whenever I'm seeing retweets. Uh, that's the life that I'm living. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. Antonio Brown said after practice today, it is his day to speak, of course, on a Friday. On his connection with Ben Roethlisberger, quote, it's like Wi-Fi. Sometimes the connection is poor, sometimes the connection is great, but it's always connected. <clears throat> what? You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874, the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. No Brian LaMartina today, shirtless Tom, in the studio behind the glass. I'm live at the Carson City Saloon, now joined by... Fat Jack from FatJackSports.com. Fat Jack, it was a tough week for a lot of people, gambling-wise. Not so much for you, though, as it really never is, huh? Well, sometimes it is, but no. Lately, it has been uh, great for all of the sports folks and great for my clients and I. Um, And everybody gets the same picks, and they're all posted after the week is over at FatJackSports.com. So when you sign up, you have the... uh, comfort of knowing that you're getting the same picks as everybody else in the country and then those exact plays are posted and documented for everybody to see including you uh from every, uh, for everybody around the country last week we were 10 and 3 against the las vegas spread and uh we won on saturday we won on sunday uh, what's not there will be updated this week is monday night because our week starts on monday we went kansas city i released at about six o'clock central time on monday when the line went to three and a half and we covered there um, and actually, on the last two Saturdays combined, we're 11 and three. So Whoa. we're on a quite a run, wrapping up September. 11 and three the last two Saturdays. Great weeks the last two weeks. Deep in the profit through the month of September, and ready for a huge October. That doesn't count the free baseball. That was nine and two the week leading up to last weekend, 10 and three. And those picks are free. I don't charge for baseball. I've always said if Pete Rose can't consistently make money betting on baseball, then I don't feel like I should be charging for it. <laughs> and so I don't even I don't charge anything for that. I, those games are absolutely free. I pass those along, play them at your own risk, and uh, but those have been hot lately. So uh, we've been doing well with those as well. Go to FatJackSports.com. One twenty nine everything through Monday. Three ninety nine through Halloween. Four fifty nine football and basketball through Halloween. Plays are text to your cell phone or emailed to you. There's no hassle. There's no upselling. I play the games and then I send you those exact plays for you to play. That's that simple. That's the business model. It's worked for 19 years, and it'll work for you, too, if you'll sign up at FatJackSports.com. So I'm excited about this weekend as well, and I'm ready to go tonight. So you guys sound like it's almost like Cleveland and Pittsburgh have switched positions, not win-loss-wise, but you guys are so grumpy right now because there is <laughs> going on in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's, it, it's really, really difficult because, I mean, everybody's mad about the Steelers right now. When I talk to my friends that are from Pittsburgh, one of my best friends, a huge Steeler fan, he does a show in Oklahoma. He played for the Orioles and uh, played for uh, OSU, played football and baseball. A guy named Jim Traber, huge Steeler fan, and I almost can't talk to him about the Steelers <laughs> because he is mad about everything. And I'm getting the sense that you are the same way. Am I right, Adam? Well, I'm sure that the Browns fans are okay with being one, two, and one because a tie is better than a loss, and they've had 31 losses over the last two years. And the win, I mean, geez, it it really is. It's 
it's just it's all relative, really. Uh, you, you bring up the Steelers. Th- this game intrigues me because I look at Atlanta and Pittsburgh very similarly. I, I think that they are two teams that can play offense. They could march up and down the field. They can score. I think Atlanta's probably got a little bit of a better identity there because they are not without a Le'Veon Bell. Freeman will be coming back this week. Uh, the Steelers, though, they don't have Bell, and their defense is atrocious. The Falcons' defense is atrocious because of injuries. So how do you look at that game? And I think the over-under was only 56, something like that. That sounds way wrong to me. Yeah, the Sharks are kind of split on this one, too. The early money came in on Pittsburgh, and they kind of, a couple of big players kind of felt like the, the, the Steelers would have some success against uh, the weak uh, Atlanta secondary, and that, that this would be a good spot for them to – uh, score some points, and they would have enough. They get enough stops to get that Atlanta offense. Um, I played against Atlanta a couple of times lately, including last week. A little bit lucky to get there, obviously, as the overtime win got there. But that was the early money. Now you're seeing some money come back in on Atlanta from some guys that you know typically know what they're doing. Um, so I mean, it's a little bit. But I lean toward the, the early guys. I'm not going to release the game most likely, but I do like I do like Pittsburgh here. Uh, Atlanta to me has been overvalued. Uh, pretty much the entire time, uh, and I played against them twice now, uh, and won both times. Uh, again, last week I will admit was lucky. Uh, anytime you get there in overtime, which you're going to get some luck, good luck and bad luck, anytime you're betting on games. That game, those games even out, and I was I was on the lucky side of that one. But they are they're not very good in the secondary. They don't get many stops. Here's why the total is so low, though. Any how you combat that when your defense is bad, and we're also may see a little bit of this Monday night. Um, that total is also in the low 50s out of two teams that you would, you would think would be able to score a bunch of points. I mean, you've got the Breeze going for a record, and they score at will. They can't stop anybody. Uh, the, one, the two ways, one way that you combat your defense being bad is, and when you have a really good offense is that you win time of possession yeah. two to one. You try to stay on the field. You try to convert third downs. You try to run the clock. You don't go as fast as you normally would to keep your defense fresh to keep the other offense off the field, and you try to shorten the game because you know that your defense, the last thing they can do is get gas, and so that actually shortens the game. So we're at first glance, you'd say, yeah, listen, these two teams are going to have their way offensively. Well, there's two sides to that coin. When your offense is having their way, but your defense is going to have to be on the field a bunch. That does not all the time get you victory. So the last time these teams want to do is get in a last team to get the ball wins. That's never good for a head coach or for a team's game plan. So they're going to try to do some things to shorten the game, and that's where you get those totals kind of stand down a little bit. Fat Jack at FatJackSports.com joining us here on the Crowley Show. Not much jumps out to me on the NFL slate, Fat Jack, except for one thing, uh, and it's not money-related. It's Cowboys at Texans is the Sunday night football game. What a load of crap that's going to be. That's a little bit of a dumpster fire. I mean, it's like watching an 80-year-old man try even a nude. I mean, you might want to turn on Murder, She Wrote, but Sunday night instead. Um, I, I, here's the deal. I, I see a lot of stuff jumping out, and that's not one of them. But I, I think you're, if you're the general public, you're right. This is about the time of year that guys start getting gun-shy. Because if you aren't dialed in and you don't know what you're doing uh, from a gambling perspective, you're in trouble. And and from, even from a viewer, a spectator standpoint, which is what you're obviously talking about, you're right. I mean, that's going to be a tough one because you, you don't know what you're getting. Both of them aren't going to dazzle you with their offense. And even their defense, they're, they're either injured or, or haven't been playing consistently very good. So um, 
We were 10 and 3, as I said last week, and we're 11 and 3 the last two Saturdays. The Saturdays are set up for great Sundays. And this Sunday, that's not a great place to make money. I like the Texans in the, in the spot. Dallas, to me, is so one-dimensional offensively. It's the only time they're going to look good this year. They're kind of a what-you-see-is-what-you-get team. That when they play bad defenses that are either bad or just okay, they're going to they're gonna be able to, to be okay. Uh, or if they play offenses that will give them more possessions, they're going to be okay. But any time they play a defense that's competent or good or above average, they're going to struggle because they're so one-dimensional offensively, they're just not going to be able to put up enough points. So, and that's what they're getting here. They're getting a defense that's going to put pressure on you. They're going to turn you into a one-dimensional team. They don't have to bring blitzes to get pressure on your quarterback. And I think that sets up for a long day. We're going to see that more times than not with the Cowboys this year. So they're in for a long day, which is always great. If you're in the media in Dallas, that's awesome because Jerry Jones is running some great sound bites. He can't fire his head coach because he's really a puppet. And so it, it makes for a great, a great year if you were in the media there. But you're right, for a Sunday night game, probably not the best one we've ever seen. Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com joining us here on the Crowley Show. 96% of people who gamble on a yearly basis lose money. Be part of the 4%. Uh, Fat Jack, uh, Texas-Oklahoma is the game on Saturday. Uh, for me, I'm a Big 12 guy. I'm a West Virginia fan. I know you're tapped in big time to the Big 12 and this is a question that comes up all the time. Is Texas back? They always seem to play Oklahoma well. I like Oklahoma as a football team. Uh, Texas does have a pretty good defense, though. What do you see there? Oklahoma favored by seven. Yeah, I was, I was recruited by the Hey, we still got you, Fat Jack? I think we lost you there. I think we lost him. We did. He's gone. I'll get him back. Where's Tom? Not only did we lose Fat Jack, we lost we lost Tom. You got me though. That's good. I mean it might be better than having Tom. Where the hell's Tom? What's going on with Tom? Where's Fat Jack? I don't know what the hell's going on. That's a good I'll... question. I walked in, nobody was in here. Fat Jack wasn't on the air, it was just you asking where Fat Jack was. So I walked in, I sat down, and I figured <laughs> I'd, you know, lend a hand. Up is down. <laughs> Inside is outside. Cats are dogs. Oh. Hey, let me try it now. Yeah, you can. Whoop! Fat check? Nope. Okay, let me come back. Hold it's, on. It sounded like he was still talking, though. It which did. Is, which is the most amazing part of the entire thing. Fat check was so dialed in, so ready to rock, that he's just going. He's just spouting up. I think Tom's probably taking a dump or something. I, I guarantee you that's what happened. I used to produce Stan's show back in the day, back when I was a younger buck, I should say. And if there was an interview on and I had to drop the kids off at the pool, I would go drop the kids off at the pool during the interview because I knew that Stan wouldn't come to me. I knew Stan wasn't going to be asking for audio, and I just assumed this would be the time, and I'd listen on the radio that's sitting up there in the third floor, fourth floor bathroom, and I'd be good to go. Until I think it was Rob King one time dropped off and Stan Saverin's looking through the glass and no one's there, no one at all. And he's asking, why in the sweet world is no one fixing this? We got him, Adam. And I bust back through, and, well, it was a problem. Thank you, Brian. I think Tom's getting fired over this. Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, back with us here on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. lost you. The OU Texas. Um, here's the deal. I think OU's going to lose at least once this year, maybe twice. But it's not going to be. It'll be because Mike Stoops is, is uh, conservative, soft defense. 
um, but it's not going to be here. Um, Ellinger and, and Texas offense is not the type of offense that it gives OU problems. You're right. Uh, they typically play this game really close, but I think uh, they'll get OU, OU will get their full attention this week um, because they're back. Um, I think OU wins by at least 10 points, probably more like two touchdowns. They get turnovers, they probably pull off. Uh, OU's going to lose most likely either West Virginia or Texas Tech or maybe both. Um, I don't believe Mike Stoops, and always his personnel in the secondary a little bit weak, um, he honestly does not game plan well for spread out teams. Uh, four wide with the tied teams that read at the line of scrimmage. Frankly, offenses like what they run at OU or Mike Leach runs, the most type of offense, he does not game plan well. The safeties play too far off. They play a cover two, a soft cover two zone way too much. They don't trust their, their cornerbacks, and, and teams pick them apart. So they get in those type of situations and typically lose. But Ellinger's not that type of kid. He runs the ball more than he should against this type of defense. Uh, they will not dink and dunk. They'll try. They're more traditional. Um, they're not going to be able to get the big plays. And, and OU's offense is unquestionably as good as it's been. Uh, obviously last year was great, but they really haven't taken that much of a step back. They're very well balanced, even with the injuries they've had. So I actually like OU here. I go ahead and lay the seven and a half. I think they win pretty handily next uh, tomorrow. Um, but, but, but don't, don't make a mistake. OU is not going undefeated. I don't even think they win the Big 12. I think they lose once, maybe twice here down the stretch. Fat Jack, really appreciate the time, man. Let's talk next week. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. 11-3 the last two Saturdays. 10-3 last weekend. Three Major League Baseball playoffs. 129 the weekend. Go to FatJackSports.com. Win this weekend. If you're playing the games, everybody gets the same plays. We're going to do it again. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, guys. Take care. See you soon, Adam. Yes, sir. That's Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. I thought we lost him again there at the end. Sometimes the phone's cutting in and out. It, it makes me frazzled. It's like if there's a good pass rush in your face, sometimes you just start throwing the ball up. I don't know what to do. I'm a terrible radio host, I guess. What You're all right, there? man. I, you're lucky I was here to save the day. What the hell? Is Tom dropping a deuce? Seriously. Yeah, he's back now. Why don't you yeah, I'm back. Him? I'm here. Tom, what the hell happened? I had to relieve myself, and you know I thought I could get away with it without any repercussions. I thought that we'd, <laughs> everything would be smooth sailing, and I guess just by the grace of God, Brian happened to be done doing his work, and he walked by the studio to say what's up to me and found the board without an operator, no one to push the buttons, and <laughs> Fat Jack off the phone. Jesus God. All yeah, right. but if I, I mean, not to toot my own horn, I but mean, you should have seen how quick I jumped in there and was like hands-on, man. I mean, it was really was an impressive performance by Not me. to toot your own horn, though. No, not to toot my own horn. You know, I was a little upset, Brian, that you weren't going to be here today at the Carson City Saloon. Turns out it was a great thing. See, this is how the universe works, Adam. I, it placed me here to help you in the show because Tom, well, apparently had to relieve himself. One more follow-up question. How long was it until Tom was back? Uh, I was in there for about 10 minutes, right? I left at the beginning yeah. of Fat Jack. Like once oh, once I punched geez, him through, oh, I was gone. Oh, no. Really? So, <laughs> so the answer so, to that question is way too long. So if I had lost Fat Jack at the beginning of the segment oh, and Brian hadn't walked by, I would have <laughs> had nothing from you, nothing from Fat Jack, and I just would have had to friggin' hang out there like I'm a kite. You would have been in the middle of the ocean without a buoy or a life jacket. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to break. You wouldn't have been able to do anything. Just crowd man out there in the open air. Brian's laughing now. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing that you guys are going to have your second fight in as many days coming up here. Oh, there won't be a fight, Adam. Trust me on that part. Oh, it'll be you telling him what's what. You're getting show Brian right now. But show Brian's here because the mic's on. <laughs> like, like, a-hole Brian's about to go into that room. I mean... 
He pooped. I mean, I love Tom. Everybody does it. I know, but not for 10 minutes when you're producing a radio show. I mean, do you think that Katie Couric's producers were like, you know, I'm going to walk away for 10 minutes during the 7 to 8 o'clock news? No! No, but I bet Katie Couric does. Yeah, she looks like she poops. What day is it, Tom? Uh, I think it's a Friday, right? It is a Friday. I'm happy you answered correctly. I didn't have any faith there. Oh, hey, you know what? That means it's a free movie Friday, so maybe during the show you and I can just go and, I don't know, forget about the show and watch a movie. How about that? Yeah, we could, and for For free. free. Nice. Because Adam Tickets is the best app to book your movie tickets, and they want to hook you up with passes to see A Star is Born. That looks great. I'll tell you what. It really does. Lady Gaga and that that super hot guy from The Hangover. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Ah, That That guy is smoking hot. That is in theaters today. Don't miss this new take on the iconic love story. Text your... Station code. Oh no! <laughs> Text burger burger to A T O M one. That's burger burger to two eight six six one for your chance to win. Well-oiled machine here on the Crowley Show, where standard data and text message rates may apply. Coming up next, <sighs> football. I mean, is there, what else do I got to say? Coming up next, Melvin Gordon had some things to say about Le'Veon Bell. I get mad. <laughs> Tom poops. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Baby blue and white. Baby blue and white. Baby blue and white. Oh, that doesn't even sound right, right? Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Ding dong. Touchdown. Le'Veon Bell's getting support from analysts, former players around the league, also now getting... We'll back up for Melvin Gordon. Before we get to that, though, it is 520-ish, 524 on a Friday, which means it's time to talk to Paul Dog. And by talk to Paul Dog, I mean I talk, Paul Dog raps, none of us laugh, and then we go home unsatisfied. Hello, Paul Dog. Hey, what's up going on, you crazy cats? <laughs> meow, meow. <laughs> all right, I guess we all laugh. We Paul all laugh, Crowley. Shut up, man. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to motivate him, and it seems as if it worked. I will take credit for Paul Dog's success. What do you got for us this week with the Atlanta Falcons coming to town? Oh, yeah, I got some Brunswick soup here. It's very uh, <laughs> uh, southern-based. Uh, even in certain parts of southern Virginia, it usually takes credit for it as well. Before I get off track, though, because I have a lot to say with not a whole lot of time to say, uh, uh, well known in the in the uh, legendary uh, um, Motown area, uh, I saw in a recent poll though, Tailpipe has one of the best burgers in the state. I'm yes, sure it, it, it is I'm delicious. Sure Would one. you get to it? <laughs> what is this with the, what are you Paul talking Dog? about, Tailpipe? See, no one knows, Paul Dog, one second here. Nobody knows what Tailpipes is who's listening to this show other than me because I went to school at WVU. Tailpipes is a burger joint. It's delicious. Would you get on with the rap for God's sake? Tailpipes commercial. So, so you're vouching for it. Okay, I was just curious because I haven't yet to have one. <laughs> you should have one. It's delicious. In fact, anybody who's listening to the show should drive down there after the show and eat a burger. But go ahead. And the best thing I've heard all week is Stan Saverin, the godfather, said the word stank. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> that, was the, that was one of the best things ever. Would you just rap for God's sake, Paul Dog? That was a good addition, though. I like that one. <laughs> Falcons. Stank. Stankona. From the ACL. 
perfect, right? The ATL. <laughs> Atlanta GA. What the hell is this? NWA? What the, is the Four Horsemen on the way? Rick Flair versus Magnum TA? Woo! Steelers and the Falcons going to mix it up like cake batter. Grab your popcorn. We're all going to get a little fatter. Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I mean, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, what's all the talk? I mean, you're third in popularity behind the Braves and the Hawks. Right. So, you call yourself Matty Ice. <laughs> That's a cute name. But there's one thing about Ice, Matthew. You know, when it melts, it is not the same. The Crowley Show is number one in the Berg. That's what the people say. I call him AC because he keeps it cool all freaking <laughs> day. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life of a long arm of the law. Yo, shirtless T, keep that shirt off, brah. Let's do this. Let's get that wall paint all over our chest. Let's make this one last round the best. Check it. Now, you know, this ain't no soap opera. This ain't Guiding Light. This ain't Secret Storm. This isn't Falcon's Crest. But we, as the young and the restless, have one life to live in these days of our lives. And when the clock hits zero in the fourth quarter, we're going to find out who the best is. Hey! Get the hell out of here, Fat Jack! Oh, no, it's... Stankona. 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 Talk to you later. See you, Paul. I will talk to you at 524 next Friday. I'm not even sure, Crowley. Like, what do you make of that? I mean, that's, like, oddly damn entertaining. Am I wrong? I mean, like, in a, in a weird way, I, I got a question. It's weirdly getting better as it goes along. I got, I it's got, evolving in a beautiful way. I got a question. What the hell is going on in Paw Dog's life? I got to ask that. Nothing. Clearly. It's beautiful. <laughs> that is the worst thing that we do, and it might be the best thing that we do. He dropped a Ric Flair woo. It's my favorite part of the week. I mean... I am in tears because. <laughs> How did we get to NWA, by the way? Anybody want to clarify that one? Yeah, with Chunky Soup over there. Okay, all right, cool. Look, here's the deal. It the, there's there's zero rhythm. There's zero <laughs> cadence. There are there are sometimes rhymes, but it I think sets the table for the Steelers to have a tremendous week, and I think we're going to keep up with it. I mean, we are five weeks in. We're not going to punt on this now. We're going to go the rest of the 16 weeks of the season. Maybe he'll even call in on a bye week. We'll do all 17. And then we can evaluate at the end of the year like he's Le'Veon Bell. How's that sound? Well, so far, 1-2-1, one, and one, not doing awesome. Yeah, he said we were doing <laughs> tremendous after Paul Dog comes in and raps. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but we're definitely keeping him all oh, 17 yeah. weeks of the year. There is no dropping him or punting on this. No, we stick We stick to it. When we have a game plan, we stick to it. Even if it means we're going to go like 4 
11 and well, 1, whatever that record would be. Yeah. <laughs> I meant, and I said it poorly, that we're having great weeks because... Oh, 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 oh I got, I got you. Well, I did yeah, say sure, exactly No, right. you know what? I, I said that poorly because when it came out of my mouth, I thought, no, the Steelers actually suck. So that's not what I meant. Now, to Brian's point, uh, or actually it was Tom's point, I'm all confused now, uh, where you say when we get, we get in a rhythm, we start doing something, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, that's right. We're a well-oiled freaking machine here. I don't know what the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex or Lemieux Sports Complex is called. Tom's taking 15-minute lock poop breaks during the show. Brian hasn't been around because he's been sick. He's not even out here today. I mean, we are a disaster of a radio program. I'd like to highlight that I did save the show earlier, though, so there was that. Brian's absolved. Tom, I mean, yeah. you have really not pooped the bed, but you pooped during the show. Better than pooping in the chair behind the board, though, right? I mean... I don't know, man. That's not an option! <laughs> I mean, if I had to choose and I'd say stay on the air, I'd say poop okay, in the fair. studio. Okay, fair. Well, you know what? Deal you learn by your mistakes. You wouldn't be the first jock to poop in a studio and, trying to avoid dead air. And I won't be the last. Tom, did you pull that Melvin Gordon audio on Le'Veon Bell? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, 0 for 17 today. You really didn't? I mean, jeez. I sent it to you direct message. You really did not? A terrible you know, job by Tom. I have a strange feeling he's bitten this out, Crowley, because, I mean, the idea of not having audio ready on top of, like, leaving the studio could be a bad uh, bad Friday for Tom. All right, I hope he's bitten it out. Play it, Tom. He's not bitten it out. He's frantically looking for it in the studio right now. But if you, have, if you have another topic you'd like to do, I mean, I don't know. Who are you to plan your show? You know, I, get, I mean, maybe you go to another topic that you didn't want to do here. I could do the same topic. I just won't have the audio. Melvin Gordon stuck up for Le'Veon Bell. He stuck up for him because he's a fellow running back, and there should be solidarity amongst running backs in the league. But it's not just players currently that have Le'Veon's back. It's analysts. It's former players. And the only people who seem not to have Le'Veon's back in the player ranks are the current players of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're looking at this as player rights issues and something that will get ironed out in the next CBA. Peter Schrager, who's on Good Morning Football, loved that show, was one of the latest people to question why the Steelers players themselves weren't supportive of Bell. I think that looking at this through the national lens actually tells the story here. If everyone on the outside is pissed at the Steelers players and says that what Bell's doing is fine, don't you think that Bell's teammates also understand the financial nature absolutely so all this does for me is validate my opinion that the players within the upmc rooney sports complex aren't mad about the money aspect they feel slighted by the lack of communication and honesty that's what that tells me if everyone around the league is sticking up for Le'Veon bell and the players within the locker room aren't it's because they lied they were lied too pardon me Le'Veon Bell didn't tell him when he wasn't showing up. And I'll double down on this take until the national media gets it through their head. And I'm sure Peter Schrager and all the national media folk are listening to the Crowley Show right now. Coming up next, we'll dive more into Steelers-Falcons. I've got a bunch of statistics for you. We'll get to them after Vaughn McClure from ESPN.com, who covers the Falcons for that outlet, joins us. Tom's going to have to pull his bleep together after his bleep wound up in a fourth-floor toilet while Brian had to run the board. To Crowley Show. Adam Crowley. I'm pumped, man. How pumped? I'm ready to go. Pumped. You I'm ready tell to me go. Right now, right now. How pumped you are. Right now, let's go. You tell me. You tell her how pumped you are. All right, let's go right now, right here. Whoa, whoa. In the middle yeah. of the prom. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. 
Steelers Falcons on Sunday. Steelers at one two and one, with the schedule they have, and some of the tough road trips they need to make. It doesn't look good playoff wise if they lose this game. Falcons are in a very good division. They're one and three. I think you can say the same thing about them. This is a big game for these two teams. It's only October, and it's not technically an elimination game, but both squads got to have it. Joining us now to discuss from ESPN.com, he covers the Falcons there. It's Vaughn McClure. Vaughn, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. Hey, thanks. You guys are jamming back there with the next episode, I see. We are. we got to keep things positive around here, and, and dance is one of the ways that we do that. Uh, the Steelers not playing well, and the Penguins, they don't want to play any defense either. That's got some people upset around these parts. Not me. I don't care about that. But we got to keep our spirits up. Uh, Vaughn, I guess that's kind of the theme in Atlanta too, right? Uh, teams one and three, they're losing defensive players left and right. Uh, this is a huge game, but... How is the, I guess, morale around the facility with the way that they've had to handle this adversity so far? Well, they've been saying all the right things. You know, Dan Quinn is a very ultra-positive coach. He always tries to find, you know, the positive in everything, even when they look as bad as they do right now on the defensive side of the ball. You know, one of the things he talked about this week was stressing the fundamentals on defense. He talked about tackling, communication. He talked about getting after the pass rush. He talked about ball hawking, creating some turnovers. We'll see if they got the message. But the one thing I think the Falcons have to lean on is this offense. This offense can put up 30 points a game against anybody. And Julio Jones even said this week, we haven't even played a full game on offense yet. So they can be very dangerous. Maybe they'll drop 40 this weekend against Pittsburgh because I know Pittsburgh's been giving up some touchdowns. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And if you're the Steelers, I know it's my job to kind of try to figure these things out. Not technically. I guess it's really Keith Butler's job. But I don't know how you defend Atlanta right now. So if you are the Steelers' defensive coordinator, Vaughn, what do you do to defend the Falcons and Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu and Julio Jones? And now it sounds like Devontae Freeman's coming back too. Yeah, and that's what makes it even more dangerous with Devontae being back because, you know what, the thing I like about Devontae is he can really run routes out of the backfield. He's like another receiver when he gets up there and you put him on a linebacker, he's going to beat that linebacker. It's not about it. I think every defensive coordinator goes into a game thinking, how are we going to keep or limit Julio Jones' touches? What are we going to do? Are we going to double-team him? Are we going to bracket him? What are we going to do to kind of push him into the game? But now you can't do that because Calvin Ridley, he's got six touchdowns. And I think Ridley, not only is he a good rookie, a very savvy rookie, but he's taken advantage of the fact that Julio has drawn that defensive attention. I mean, he got a 75-yard touchdown uh, this year because there was so much attention on Julio and Mohamed Sanu, the other two receivers. So that's what's going to make the Falcons difficult. And I'll tell you, one, one other guy that we really don't even talk about that much, tight end Austin Hooper, he can do mm. some good things. He hasn't been as productive as maybe he should be or, or he can be, but he's a big part of that offense too. So, again, Matt Ryan has a variety of weapons to get around to. It's going to be very hard for the Steelers to defend them. One of the things they got to do is get the pass rush going. If they can get that rush going against Matt Ryan, maybe they can uh, throw him off his game a little bit. The Atlanta defense – the injuries are well documented, and last year they were a top 10 defense, and I think it's as good a defense as Matt Ryan's really seen over the last decade in Atlanta. Uh, the expectations, I would guess, were re really high for the defense coming in. Right. What, what can they do to, 
I guess, stem the bleeding a, a little bit? I mean, how can they become competent enough to get this team back to the playoffs? Boy, that's a very, very good question because I'll tell you this. So they lost, they lost Keon Neal, who's a Pro Bowl strong safety. They lost Deion Jones, who's a Pro Bowl middle linebacker. They lost free safety Ricardo Atten, who's a guy that really kind of orchestrates the defense. And now this week, going into this week, they don't have – top defensive tackle, Grady Jarrett, who's out with an ankle injury. So that's a lot of pieces that you have to make up for. And I think the biggest factor going into this game, like Coach Dan Quinn said, is communication. Ricardo Allen, the free safety, he's the guy that can get everybody lined up in the right way. Deion Jones, he's the guy that relays the defensive call. So you got those two guys out of the lineup. Other guys like Duke O'Reilly, Devontae Campbell, uh, Devontae Casey, the new free safety. These guys are not used to that communication and communicating with each other. So I think that's a huge deal, especially when you go on the road on a, on a stadium like Pittsburgh that's going to be loud and stuff like that. You got these young guys in there, these experienced guys that don't know how to communicate with each other. And I think that was an issue last week in Cincinnati. They couldn't communicate well. AJ Green didn't open. You know, guys are running down the seam with no problem and everything like that. I think that's the biggest issue. But I think you can solve some of those problems by getting a good pass rush. Now, the big problem for the Falcons coming out of the last game, Tack McKinley had three sacks, and he's second in the league in sacks right now. So he's been relentless as a pass rusher healthy. Vic Beasley, don't forget, he led the league in sacks a couple years ago. He's starting to get a little bit of his group. So I think if they can get some pressure on Ben, on Big Ben, and I know Ben's hard to bring down, but if he can get some pressure, maybe they can throw him off his game. Vaughn McClure from ESPN.com joining us here on the Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. This might be stupid, uh, but this looks like a must-win game. Uh, you said that Dan Quinn is a very positive coach, and that's got the morale of the team still pretty high, and they believe in themselves. But what do you think in terms of this being a must-win game? That division is so tough, and the Saints, yeah, they had their little hiccup, but, I mean, that's a great football team. Right. <laughs> It's definitely, in my opinion, a must-win game. Yeah. They can say whatever they want to. They can try to downplay it and say, hey, no big deal. It's too early in the season. It's just the first quarter of the season. This starts a new quarter. Hey, this is a must-win game. Okay, there's no doubt about it because you still got some tough opponents left on the schedule. You still got to go to Green Bay. You still got the Saints on, on Thanksgiving night. Um, you never know what you're going to get from Tampa Bay, you know, with Jameis Winston now at quarterback. And you got to go on the road and play Carolina. So to me, yeah, this is a must-win game. They have to come out. They have to be prepared. I don't know if they can win this game. We'll see. I mean, it, do, it does depend on what the defense does. And if they don't surrender, they're, they're, they're allowing 30.5 points per game. That's not a recipe for winning. Not, not at all. Even if your offense can score as good as the Falcons can score on offense. So, yeah, to me, this is definitely a must-win game. I don't know. It goes the way. Really, seems like Pittsburgh's having some problems right now, too. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I know that the red zone issues were highly discussed around the league and then brought back up on the first game of the season on television uh, with the Falcons going to play the Eagles. Uh, has that been an area that they've cleaned up, and if so, why? Oh, for sure. You know, they went two games. They went back-to-back -back games where they went 4-4 four for four in the red zone. The first game, it just didn't work for them. Against yeah, well, first but, of did all, it, but did it look good enough, Vaughn? Uh, come on. I mean, it's got to look good, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it, looked, <laughs> it didn't look good in the first game. No, not at all, because the Eagles uh, pretty much uh, 
you know, that defense was tough to score against. You know, they went to Julio three times in the red zone in that first game, and that's the only three red zone targets he's gotten. But since then, yeah, I do think they've cleaned some stuff up because what I've seen is Matt Ryan has gone to the opposite side of where Julio is. He knows Julio's going to get added attention. He knows that. So now he's got a, a Calvin Ridley on the other side spread out wide. I see what they like to do a lot now is the three-by-one set. And, you know, they're putting a the guy one-on-one and say, go win your one-on-one matchup and, and, and let's see what we can do. And not only that, they're running the ball well in the red zone, too. They got the rookie, Edo Smith. He had a nice touchdown in the red zone last week. So if they can do those things and they got Devontae Freeman back in the lineup and Devontae's a guy that can score some touchdowns, I think they have their red zone issues resolved. But, again, they haven't played a defense like the Eagles either. So, right. you know, that that's a big stretch, you know, and I don't think Pittsburgh has been like the Eagles defense at all either. But – I do think for now, Steve Sarkeesian has done a good job of kind of figuring out what to do in the red zone and mixing things up, putting different personnel looks out there and seeing what they can get, and they've had that success the last few weeks. Vaughn McClure from ESPN.com covers the Atlanta Falcons for that outlet, joining us here on the Crowley Show. You got into this before a bit, but uh, Devontae Freeman is good to go, so what's expected of him workload-wise, game plan-wise? Well, that's going to be interesting. You know, he had a problem with his knee last year. Uh, he, he tore some ligaments in his right knee. This time they called it a contusion. So, you know, you would think that maybe it's not as serious. I watched him very closely in practice this week. It seemed like he was cutting and running and doing those kind of things. He, he seemed like he had that back. And he said when he talked to the media, he goes, hey, I feel like I can get out there and do my thing and run like I'm supposed to run. Now, here, here's the thing. Even if we're talking about him coming back to the lineup, he doesn't have to carry the whole load because they do have Tevin Coleman. You know, and Tevin Coleman was the starter for the last three games when Devontae Freeman was out. Tevin Coleman had a 100-yard rushing game, you know. So he's a very capable back. He's in the last year of his contract. He's still trying to play and show teams around the league, hey, you guys might want to come get me next year. So that's a guy that you can always maybe rely on as a threat. And, and I just... I uh, mentioned the rookie, Edo Smith, can't leave him out of the lineup either, you know, because he showed you some good things when he was the backup to Coleman when Freeman was out. So I think they have a nice uh, rotation of three running backs, but Devontae, he's already been paid. He, you know, he, he got his money already, so he is the number one back. But, again, you don't have to put all that stress on him going into this first game back because you do have Coleman, you do have Smith, and you do have an offense with a bunch of different weapons. Last one here for you, Vaughn. Does it take 45 points for whichever team to win this game? <laughs> I think so. You know what? I'm curious to see, for my, for my, you know, being outside looking in, I'm curious to see how Big Ben and Antonio, how they solve these issues. I mean, I saw something about Brown said something about their, like, Wi-Fi, that's their yes. relationship or something like that. And, and to me, that Wi-Fi might be on all cylinders come Sunday, and the Falcons would be in trouble. So we'll see. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, I don't know if the Falcons would be able to step, stop the running game with James Conner without a Grady Jarrett in there. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. There's no doubt about it. I think the Falcons can score. But let's see if Pittsburgh can score with them. Vaughn, really appreciate this stuff, man. Thanks for spending some time with us on a Friday. And uh, maybe we'll see you mm-hmm. at, the, at the spot on, Mon- on uh, Sunday, okay? Okay, okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys so much. Hey, All right. thanks a lot. That's uh, Vaughn McClure from ESPN.com. I think that's going to be my new sign-off for everyone 
that I talk to on Fridays because I don't, I don't, I'm not going to the game. I will be at the studio doing the halftime report and some of the post game. I'm but, not going to be there. But you'll make sure to tell them to look out for you there. You know, I want to seem like a bigger deal. Your credibility, yeah, exactly. You want them, you know, maybe they will be looking for you in the stadium, and then you can be like, ah, oh, we must have just missed each other. You know, we're busy. We got a lot of st- work to do out here. The best will be when the Steelers go to Cincinnati in a couple of weeks, and they'll be like, oh, you know, I'll see you at Paul Brown. I'll see you at the exactly. Like I'll you take did the escalator up. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you a high five. I'll see you up there. Coming up next. It's time for a couple of players. Three, actually. So a trio of players to pit on their damn big boy pants and lead the Steelers to victory. Three players in particular. I'll tell you who they are next. Crowley Show.